For years, BreweryDB has been the industry's only professionally curated source of brewery knowledge and responsible for mapping millions of visits to breweries all across the United States. In early 2021, BreweryDB revealed a whole new platform with all new features for craft lovers to plan their unique brewery experience. Find, filter, search, and route your way to breweries worldwide and in your own neighborhood. To take full advantage of the optimized power of BreweryDB and to increase your brew knowledge, visit BreweryDB.com, your digital destination for brewery experiences. Good Beer Matters shares the stories of craft and culture found in every glass, and I'm excited to announce that the Good Beer Matters podcast and BreweryDB are collaborating this year to help you get to the bottom of it. Visit us at BreweryDB.com and GoodBeerMatters.net to finally have the experience you've been missing. My name is Jeremy, and this is Good Beer Matters. Food production has the biggest impact, you know, we humans have on the planet. Bread in general is, is the most wasted food in the Western world. It's certainly not a recipe that, that we invented. Before the industrial era, this is how beer was made. You know, our motto is if you want to save the world, you have to throw a better party than the people destroying it. You know how sometimes people refer to beer as liquid bread? This is because beer and bread are made with similar ingredients, grain, yeast, seasoning, etc. But what if bread actually was an ingredient? My next guest shares an old innovation that is quenching a global problem as well as our thirst. I've studied, traveled, and tasted my way through some of the best beer the world has to offer. Over the past few years, I've also spoken to beer industry leaders from around the globe, and one thing is certain, the art, the science, and the culture of beer has more of a profound effect on us than we realize. There's a story of craft and culture found in every glass, and I intend to get to the bottom of it. These are the stories of us, of great food and the beer that brings it all together. I hope you enjoy episode 88 of Good Beer Matters with Shannon Flanagan of Toast Ale. Anyone who's uh, listened to this podcast or has kind of followed me on uh, Instagram and, and the, re- the rest of the socials knows that I'm really, really into uh, beer pairings. But today we kind of have a different kind of beer pairing. We're going to uh, pair beer with cleaning up the earth in a very fun, tasty, and interesting way. Uh, Shannon, thank you so much for coming on to the Good Beer Matters podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. You, um, so you're working for uh, a company that is doing something very, very different, very exciting. But first of all, um, Shannon, we t- tell us a little bit about you. How did you get um, into the the world of beer and the world of uh, sustainability? Yeah, so I um, I've been in beer now for about 14 years. Um, kind of accidental, like a lot of us, I'm sure. Sort of, uh, you know, enjoy drinking, enjoy socializing, enjoy people, and then uh, you know, took took a, a couple minutes of my journalism degree, and then you know, uh, took a left turn and haven't looked back. I've enjoyed every minute of that. So um, most of my uh, career has been in. Um, bringing um, beautiful imported brands uh, to the U.S. Uh, and launching and growing those brands with you know very authentic stories. Loved that. Um, but kind of a few years ago, you know, reading all these reports and, and, and watching the news on sort of major issues with, with the climate uh, and global warming and just kind of, you know, the thing that kept me up at night was like, could I be doing, could I be doing something in my, you know, limited capacity um, to, you know, chip away at this, at, at, you know, doing something for good. And so, um, trying to make this a shorter story than it is, but, um, essentially I had been working, um, on some collaborations in the import world, uh, with, with the late Anthony Bourdain. Mm. Uh, and he, um, he had produced a documentary on, uh, food waste as a chef. That was, you know, a, a, a very important topic to him. Uh, and so kind of, introduced to food waste uh, through through his uh, his team and realized uh, in the documentary he he uh, 
really articulated one of the solutions uh, is is toast, and that's uh, the company that I work for. We'll, we'll get into that, but oh, right on. Uh, essentially. He, so he produces a documentary with with Toast founder Tristram and uh, Tristram Stewart, who's a, a environmental activist. And so, you know, saw the movie, of course, on a plane uh, and came away and was like, oh, I'd love to uh, help these guys out, see what they're up to. Maybe it could be a Saturday morning project for me. And um, I basically left, uh, left, my, left my kind of comfortable uh, import role and dove into this startup life uh, running Toast Ale. Uh, for the U.S. market and Toast, I'll just kind of give that intro. Is is uh, a craft beer company brewing with surplus bread that would have otherwise gone to waste, and uh, it, we're really on a mission uh, to use the the delicious award-winning beers that we brew uh, as a vehicle to raise awareness for food waste, uh, and then uh, 100% of our profits go to charity fighting food waste. So. What? That's where I'm at. Wow. So, um, so you answered my next question, and uh, <laughs> and there's so many different paths to go, but um, but so l- let's just rewind a little bit. So, like me, uh, or I, I I heard a similar um, story in there where it's like you look down for just a second, you had this plan and that plan, and then you know next next thing you know, you pick your head up, years go by, and you're in the beer business, and you're thinking, all right, well let's. <laughs> Let's uh, let's see where the rest of this goes, right? Is that the sum of it? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it, it and and it sounds like it's turned out pretty bitching for you, because um, you know I've enjoyed myself too. But um, but so you're working in beer, you're working in business, you're trying to move beer widgets from one point to another point and make everyone happy. But you started asking yourself, if I heard this right, you know, and I'm trying to paraphrase as best I can. But you're thinking there's got to be something more to this. There's got to be something bigger to this, right? Yeah, I mean, these were amazing brands. Don't get me wrong, but you know they're 95 plus percent water, and I'm my job is to ship them from one side of the world to the other. And you know maybe I could be you know using this this knowledge um, for for something else that could just help you know help the environment in a tiny tiny way. And so yeah. Yeah, and and from a very pragmatic point of view, we I've talked about this in the podcast before, but from a very pragmatic point of view, when the environment changes, and you know, like for example, I live in southern Arizona, and um, and I've only been here for a little over a year, uh, but all the locals that I know have told me that you know this this summer that we had, we we'd get monsoons during the, the summertime, and this summer was the worst uh, monsoon season they've ever experienced. And that it never rains in September, and here it is in October, and it just rained this morning. Um, wow. So the 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 if you draw a straight line between things are the, the times they are changing, right? Um, yeah. And that's going to affect uh, our our barley uh, farms. It's going to affect our hops. It's going to affect um, all this infrastructure that we have in there. So from a very simple pragmatic point of view beer is going to change if we don't change course right absolutely right yeah yeah. um and so you know but that that pans off into two different uh roads one how can we stop that change and uh and take care of our earths you know so that we can have this beer that we want and all the slew of other good things that we have by taking care of the earth but if if we can't turn the ship away from the iceberg we still need to drink beer and this is where you guys come in we're like hey we've got an idea we can keep this beer uh, <laughs> beer, beer ship going um so tell us a little bit more uh, you mentioned toast ale makes beer out of day-old bread or or something to that effect mm-hmm. um t- tell us about that that's that, that i'm still trying to wrap my head around that yeah so well jeremy you're a home brewer you've dabbled right oh yeah I think, you know, a lot of homebrewers, I think, are familiar with, you know, recipes that might call for just scraps of, of you know, surplus grain that you have, you know, in the pantry. Um, so it's it's certainly not a recipe that, that we invented. Um, it's, it, you know, before the industrial era, this is how beer was made, right? You had um, the baker had some scraps and, you know walked down the road and gave them to the, to the brewer, things like that. And so um, certainly nothing we invented, but we essentially 
um, you know, saw this environmental issue, right? That the, you know, the food production is, has the biggest impact, you know, we humans have on the planet, right? It's responsible for 80% of deforestation, 70% of freshwater use, 30% of our, all of our greenhouse gas emissions. So um, that said, 30%, 30 to 35% of the food production is wasted, right? No human eats it. It goes in the trash bin. It, it makes its way to a landfill. And so we we saw that as an opportunity. We thought, let's scale these recipes um, that, that call for a little bit of leftover bread in the kitchen. Uh, let's scale that to have a, a delicious solution. Um, and so that's what we did. About six years ago, um, Tristram uh, and Rob Wilson started Toastale. And uh, we work with commercial bakeries um, using their their surplus. Actually, I mean, just bread in general is is the most wasted food in the Western world. Uh, just short shelf life, high margin. Commercial bakeries are, you know, it's a lot cheaper for them to produce a very large manufacturing overage um, in the off chance that that grocery retailer, you know, comes in with a big order um, the next week or the next month. And so... Um, some of, you know, we're utilizing that for now, but our goal in the end is to really put ourselves out of business. <laughs> um, that manufacturing overage, you know, is, is indicative of, you know, a, a broken food system. And so ideally, yeah, we put ourselves out of business uh, and we don't have this, this surplus. But for now, uh, we can, you know, contribute to, to a circular story. So we're using the surplus. So, for example, one of our biggest partners in the U.S. is Whole Foods. Okay, so great. So we yeah. use... Yeah, so we use their manufacturing overage uh, in the Northeast. And um, so this isn't um, post-consumer. This isn't anything that hit the retail shelves. This is um, the bread that um, sat in the commercial bakery, never made it to the shelf. We go ahead, pick that up, and we um, essentially crumb it, um, crouton crumb it, um, a bit like maybe you'd buy around Thanksgiving from the grocery store, right? Those sort of bags of... of um, cubed bread dried bread and uh yeah we 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 don't use the we don't replace the entire um grain bill so there will still be generally barley in our brews um we're cutting about 30 percent of the grain bill with this with this bread so um, so you're basically yeah. like partial mashing with bread and with grain yep. right yep. so yep. um let me. I want to. I want to come back to this. I think this is a really interesting. Um, but I want to just tap my foot on this base real quick. Um, Toastale, you guys are based out of London, England, right? Yep. And you're also a B Corp, right? We are, yeah. And 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 you said this before, but I want to make sure anyone who's listening to this understands that 100% of profits go to charity. So you are a. You're not a not profit, but you're not a for. I, well, that's a different that's a different podcast episode. But um, <laughs> basically, yeah. you, you guys are are taking care of the expenses and doing this, but the profits are going to to charity. What kind of charities do, does this go to? So most of our profits go to the charity Feedback. Um, that is, it's a UK based organization um, that is primarily um, works in policy around food waste. Um, but they're also they're actually one of the first folks to get the word out on sort of ugly fruit and vegetables, which, of course, is a, a category that's growing significantly in the U.S. We, we love these these organizations that are, you know, finding ways to utilize, um, you know, the ugly carrot that otherwise would have never made it to the grocery shop. Uh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so that's where privates go. B Corps in general. And, and we're not the only B Corp brewery, right? There's. New Belgium is probably the largest um, in the U.S., uh, Allagash, BrewDog. Uh, basically, to become B Corp certified, you have an independent audit who comes in, looks under the hood, and makes sure that as an organization, you're meeting a minimum standard of social and environmental responsibility, transparency, and accountability. So they take this very seriously, and they come back in periodically. Uh, and so there's, you know, B Corp. All across the gamut of anywhere that you can spend your money, there's there's generally a B Corp um, option out there, which is a pretty, pretty great community that's growing. And it's a great way as consumers, you know, when we see that news report about, you know, a social issue or environmental issue and we think, God, what, what could I possibly do um, to help this? You know, this is a little bit of agency. You know, the, the couple of bucks in your wallet that you're going to spend to buy a beer or a bar of chocolate um, you can actually be making an impact with that decision. So 
it's a really cool community that's that's definitely taking off. That's fantastic. Um, but let's talk about uh, the parallels between beer and bread. I mean, anyone who's paying uh, any uh, attention to beer um, knows that uh, beer and bread are very similar. There's just uh, to put it overly simplified, there's just a a different water ratio between beer and bread. Um, but but that kind of goes to you know brewing beer with leftover bread. It kind of makes sense because you're still kind of sort of treating the grains the same way. You're still you're still um, uh, kilning them or baking them. You're still roasting them and darkening them and still trying to get all these different flavors out. Um, but it, there is a historical precedent of of brewing with bread, um, uh, and it, it escapes me exactly what kind of beer it was. But um, hundreds of years ago, that they would actually take beer and put bread in there at the same time for for uh, uh, travelers who were like driving driving the the stagecoach and didn't have time to stop at an inn, but they needed something, so they got their beer and their bread in a bowl all at once. Um, so, so, you know, this, this is precedented. We're just kind of like renewing or we, you, uh, are just renewing this concept and taking advantage of, of all this leftover waste and putting it to some good use. Yeah. Right. That's it. Who, who, uh, who thought of, who thought of doing this? Um, so, you know, Tristram Stewart, uh, Toast founder, uh, again, he's an environmental activist. Um, he's got a wonderful podcast or, or sorry, oh my gosh, podcast. He's got a wonderful TED talk. Um, who doesn't have a podcast these days? I know. Um, Every, any Yahoo can have a podcast. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, he's got a great TED talk out. Um, he, he literally wrote the first book on food waste. Uh, and so he's, he's a UN uh, champion of the uh, the 23 SDGs. He is the champion of 12.3, which is specifically on waste. So yeah, I mean, this is his this is his his baby, um, and he really saw it as an opportunity to raise awareness around food waste, and and it's it's working. Um, you know, besides as mentioned, we started in the UK. Uh, we've been in the US for um, four years. Uh, and now most of our efforts in the U.S. are around collaboration. So, um, you know, because of environmental reasons, right, we have this we have this wonderful reason or sorry, relationship with Whole Foods. Well, you know, we get the phone call that everyone dreams of, which is Whole Foods global team saying, we love you guys. We would love to bring you, you know, full footprint. What can we do? Let's, you know, let's do this thing. We love this circular re- relationship we have. And we're like, cool, but we don't want to ship our beer that far. And for, you know, your many listeners who are involved in, you know, distribution and, and transportation of, of beer, like, you know, it's wonderful to have someone who, who is believing in your brand across the country, but that is a very expensive journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is, of course, you know, environmentally, that footprint um is extensive, right? We have a massive country. And so uh, and we've, we basically have said no um, to these opportunities to expand. Uh, instead, we just look for partners, right? Beer collabs are beautiful. They're magical. Um, we love that, that part of this, of this culture. And so, um, you know, when we get those phone calls, instead, we're like, okay, cool. Let's find, you know, a, a brewery to partner with um, in each region so that we can, um, you know, Scale this, uh, utilize more bread, uh, get on the shelves at Whole Foods. Everybody wins, um, but you know we're, we don't have as big of an, of an environmental footprint as if we were doing this ourselves. So, to date, we've done 62 collabs around the world, um, and looking forward to hopefully doing more. So, if anyone's listening who's interested, um, we would love to have a chat. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, at the very end, we'll we'll uh, make sure that uh, you, uh, we get your a way to contact you for those who want to collab. Because you know that I mean, I I can I, I can feel the struggle when you guys have a a uh, a meeting at work of like, okay, we have this great cause. We're a B Corp. All 100% of our profits go to these charities, and 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 we want to, you know do better uh, in the world with this thing that we do, but we can't do too much of it because then it counteracts anything that we're, we're trying to solve by creating yet another similar problem. So it almost seems like you guys are kind of stuck with the middle, but, but turning this into 
um, as you call uh, collabs or creating these little satellites, uh, little mm-hmm. hubs around the world and the and and uh, yeah, just around the world. Um, so, are you essentially partnering with Brewery X, Y, and Z and getting all of the the bread to go there so you can cr- create this collab beer? Is that how you guys are doing it? I've got a question for you. How are you engaging with your customers? Are you adding value or just vying for attention? If you have a business, then you are an authority and should be regarded as a partner in everyone's mutual success. But getting that message across in the first place, that's the trick. At Mountain Sea Media, I use education and storytelling to keep your brand on top of mind. So if you're done with ineffective marketing and want to create more impact, I want Mountain Sea Media to be your resource for high-value branded content. Contact me at jeremy at mountainseamedia.com to explore the possibilities. After all, it's your story. I'll help you tell it. Yeah, I mean, these have all been kind of one-off, limited edition um, brews um, for specific things. We don't have, you know, every day on the shelf with all, you know, in all these collaboration forms. But um, yeah, it's made sense for us to do these these great one-offs. Um, usually kind of the peak window for, you know, for altruistic beer brands is really Thanksgiving and, and then Earth Day in, in April. And so that's kind of our peak season to look for these partnerships. Um, and yeah, it's been wonderful. And then we're, you know, we're happy to, you know, work, you know, our, our head brewer is, is fantastic at brewing with bread. He's been doing it for many years. So, you know, we help to develop, you know, a, a brew that makes sense for that host brewery. And then we're happy to say, great, keep using bread. Like, you know, we get the, we source the bread, but like, if this works for you, keep at it. And so we've, we're happy to, you know, hear from breweries that we've worked with before who say, yeah, we're, you know, we're still going and our, you know, our, our consumers love this and, you know, still going with it. So it kind of sounds like to me, because you're kind of in this middle space, um, you're, you're not a company that wants to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, but does that mean that you then have to kind of transition to an, a company that provides education and resources for other brewers to then start brewing with, with bread and follow the model that you guys have set? Yeah, in some ways. I mean, in some ways we are, you know, we, we have, you know, we're, we're a consumer product company, we're a beer company, but in another way we are a bit of a B2B in that um, we're doing so much work in in educating and, and supporting um, other breweries who are, you know, thinking about um, having an upcycle brew, having a bread-based brew. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so uh, let, let's get to the, one of the main questions of this whole thing is what kind of beers do you brew with all the surplus, surplus bread? Because I'm, I'm just, I'm running through the the uh you know the bread aisle now when i'm thinking about this beer it's like we've got sourdough we've got rye we've got squaw bread we've got um all kinds of different things what kind of beers do you guys make out of this stuff yeah so um our our sort of our core range um our our sort of hero skew is is our american pale ale um and you know you might be bummed to hear this but i assure you, you crack one open, you're not going to get the, you're not going to taste bread. Um, you know, the point of this is for us to, um, use just enough that we're, um, you know, reducing our footprint, reducing that virgin barley, um, but not affecting the taste profile. It's going to taste just like that smooth, you know, nice balanced, uh, American pale ale that you anticipate taking, you know, taking a drink of. So, um, it's got a bit of, uh, caramel notes, hint of citrus, and uh, yeah, that's our that's kind of our mainstay. We've also got a, a West Coast IPA uh, and then a dry hopped craft uh, lager. So it's not one of those beers that some people would say, oh, this tastes pretty good for a that type of beer, whether it's you know, gluten gluten free or or no alcohol or whatever. It's like, hey, that's not bad for one of those type of beers. This is a beer that just tastes good as a beer. Right. Exactly. And we worked really hard at that. You know, there shouldn't be a compromise. We don't want to be a gimmick. We don't want to compromise. You know, you worked hard for that, you know, $10 that you are paying for this uh, four pack of beer. You know, you're, you're going to get you're, you're going to get the taste that you anticipate, um, hopefully, if not even better. 
And we have done a few collabs that are like that, you know, just for the fun of it, that host brewer has, you know, wanted to really dial up that those bready notes. So those are one off and we're usually communicating that. Um, but yeah. Well, and I think that would be kind of interesting to take some of those some of those uh, more artisanal type breads and and threw it threw it in the mash and kind of see what happens. I mean, as a home brewer, right, it's, it's fun to experiment. But of course, you guys are probably brewing on a large enough scale where there's a substantial investment, and so you kind of have to dial these things in ahead of time. So, do you guys have a whole R and D team that's that's just brewing with bread all day long to f- see what's going to work and what doesn't? Yeah. I mean, we're not brewing all day, but yeah, yeah, we totally are always kind of tinkering with things. I mean, I have a child, but embarrassingly, if you looked at the phone, the pictures of my phone, they're mostly uh, pictures of the nutrition label on loaves of bread at the grocery store. (laughs) Um, And so that's, you know, that's my conversation back and forth with our our head brewer. But um, yeah, we're always kind of tinkering with things. I mean, probably, you know, you'd be surprised. You can, you can brew with almost every type of bread. I mean, the biggest issue is salt, salt content. And then of course, like nuts, seeds, like honeys or butters or things that um, might not play well. Mm, Um, and you know, everybody's equipment's pretty expensive. You don't want to, um, be responsible for, for a mistake, um, because we accidentally, you know, threw a heavily seeded, uh, bread in there. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so and and uh, and the, again, you uh, answered the next question I had too. Is kind of what what do they taste like? But um, um, but the, you know they would taste like the, the beer like you just described. But um, you know one thing I I I was just thinking about. I want to go back and circle back around. Um, so there's the whole from the environmental impact. Let's see. There's the whole. Um, okay, we're gonna we're gonna make this widget. We're gonna brew this beer. We're gonna bake this bread. We're gonna create this thing that is as sustainable as we can make it, but then we're going to ship it off in all these um, diesel guzzling rigs and, mm-hmm. and boats and planes and, 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 and things are not going to be the way that we want them. But so I, I get that whole concept. What are other ways that brewing with bread helps protect our environment, helps save our environment? Well, okay. So if you, if you think about, you know, we're brewing with bread, right? We're, we're not using... We're, we're getting to save that that virgin barley. And so, you know, we look at that, we're avoiding uh, greenhouse gas emissions, right? But then, of course, we're also saving the land that um, would have been utilized to to be to be harvested, raising and harvesting that that um, barley. We're saving water. Um, so if I, you know, just to speak to like our impact today, because I think, you know, even myself when I joined was like, really, or what, you know? couple of loaves of bread, how much, you know, impact could that really be? Well, it adds up. So for us, you know, we've, we've been in business, right. A little bit, a little bit, a little over six years. Uh, and we've been able to save 2 million slices of bread, um, which, which in energy terms is 42 tons of emissions that we avoided. Um, that also is a, a number that doesn't always, isn't easy to visualize. So to visualize that, like that's the equivalent energy of, you know, everyone in Arizona, New Mexico, and Colorado charging their smartphone for like one full charge. That's enough energy that we have saved just by using surplus bread. Um, we've also saved 171,000 square miles of land that's been reclaimed that would have otherwise been used for for barley and 252,000 liters of water. Um, so that's if, if you, Jeremy, take a shower every day, I don't know. I don't need to know. Take a five-minute shower every day. Let's just assume that we do or that I do. Okay. Um, if you take a five-minute shower every day, that, that's basically 16 years of showering. That is how much water we've saved. So my point is, like, you know, little things add up so that, you know, that's, you know, fairly sizable just by using a little bit of, little bit of bread, uh, all, you know, along the way. So. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um and, and so that's where I, I love the ways that people have been able to find or solutions that people have been able to find, you know, to take something that we are going to do anyway. We are going to have a beer. We are going to drink a beer together. But to kind of pivot that and find, turn that into a solution for a problem that we have been 
discussing uh, for decades and ignoring for decades. And um, but it's 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 great to think differently and find solutions and not necessarily have to change our behavior all that much or change our flavor expectation all that much. That's a big exactly. thing for me too. It's like yes, it, it would be great to eat with the super healthy grain, but if it tastes like glue and the texture is like chalk, I'm probably not going to eat that thing. So, um, so it's got, it's got a, realistically speaking, it's got to fit within our lifestyle. And this seems like it does. Totally. And to that point, I mean, behavior change as adults, it's hard. Uh, and we work really hard to try not to shame people, right? Like, yeah, I'm like sharing some doom and gloom, you know, information about the environment, but, um, you know, we, we don't want to wag a finger to consumers, right? You're sitting around, you're having a beer with your friends, you've had, you know, ended a long week. Last thing we want is Debbie Downer here, um, mm -hmm. you know, messaging on our can. So, you know, our motto is if you want to save the world, you have to throw a better party than the people destroying it. And so we just want to give folks a little bit of agency to, to make this change. And to your, to your point, you know, it's, there's no compromise in taste. Um, it's just, you know, this little thing that you can be doing and, you know, lots of little things add up. I love it. Um, I love that. Throw a better party than the people who are <laughs> destroying it. Um, because, yeah, we don't need to sit across the table and just like yell, uh, yell at the other table. Hey, bro. Hey, bro. What you doing? You know, it's, you know, we've tried that. We've, we've tried that in historically that that doesn't work. That just pisses other people off and, and uh, you know, we start fights and we're, we're trying to stop the fights. We're trying to stop the the social injustice, the environmental injustice. And frankly, it's just kind of nice to sit at the end of a long, hard week with a beer in peace with your friends and your family. Um, and not, yeah. and not, and not have to distinctly tell yourself, okay, ignore the fact that, uh, that this traveled across the globe, ignore the fact that this traveled across the globe that, you know, there's a better way and you guys are, are working yeah. on that better way. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, so, uh, and you, you mentioned this earlier. So, I am a home brewer, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and we'll talk about where to find your uh, your beers in a second. But um, as I understand it, they're not easy to find. So, if I'm a home brewer, how can I learn to brew beer at home with my leftover bread? Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. So we you know, again, we're, we're not, we're not here to do this on our own. Uh, we open source our home brewing recipe. Um, so that is on our website, toastale.com. Um, pretty easy to find the home brewers link. Uh, so far we've had 84,000 home brewers who have downloaded our oh, recipe. Wow. So, um, a lot share their stories. Um, you know, we get a lot of that on social media. And so, um, yeah, we'd love others to join us and tell us tell us how it goes for you. Have you partnered with the American Homebrewers Association on on uh, something like this? We haven't. That's a good idea. All right. Uh, so there's a there's a free idea. What about uh, have you guys put any articles into Zymergy magazine? No. Um, I mean, we're a lean, we're a lean team. I mean, a lot of our work. No, we have we have it. We probably could do a lot more with sort of scaling our homebrewing. Gotcha. Uh, community, but no, we haven't. Gotcha. So in other words, um, that story is out there for the grabs and anyone listening, um, I, I'll, clearly I get a head start because I recorded this before we released this, but uh, if I don't put a story out there about this, then someone needs to. So there's my little PSA. <laughs> Thank right? you. Um, but it's just, it's just super cool. I mean, it, and I, I wonder, you know, again, in my geeky little brain, we think, okay, if, if I were to make if I were to make a beer and then use some of that spent grain to make the bread, then could I then turn that bread back into yet another beer? I mean, how far of a cycle can we take this? Do you know? Yeah, we we sure can. And that, that is what we do. I mean, mo spent grain. I mean, I'm sure you, you've you've touched on spent grain previously in your episode. It's amazing. I mean, um, I, I sure hope that everyone, whether you're home brewer or whether you are at a you know craft operation or larger, that, that you're doing something with that spent grain because it's marvelous. Um, but yeah, you can keep going. We get, that's a, you know, again, we're a circular solution. You can, you could go forever. 
Yeah. Uh, and and if, if I've done my mental math right, by the time this episode releases, the previous episode will be with uh, a company who's done exactly that. They, they've taken that so-called spent and useless grain and turned it into something really cool. But I'm aware of a, at least one other company that's doing that. And, and it's just telling us that this leftover stuff isn't just you know, for the livestock. I mean, there's still plenty of stuff that is not spent. It's there's still a lot of value in this stuff we're just throwing down the trash and in into the farm. So, it there's. I think I think it, does, it requires a different way of thinking. It requires uh, thinking critically and asking why are we getting rid of this stuff? Is there a better way to deal with this stuff? Yeah, exactly. And it's it's cool to see that. You know, that, you know, we call it upcycling, right? Utilizing a food source that can be used as a, a secondary source for, for human consumption that's still perfectly good quality that otherwise has been, you know, going in the trash, maybe going to animal feed at best. Um, there's this massive movement, the Upcycled Food Association um, actually just started a, a certification this year, I believe, um, that you know, they're, they're certifying upcycled, uh, things in, in all categories. So, um, spent grain. Um, I, I look forward to listening to that episode. Um, there's so much cool stuff going on in spent grain, whether the end product is, um, is pasta or cereal bars or all these different things. Um, but also, you know, we see, for example, like, you know, the, the juicing industry is massive, right? Well, those commercial juiceries, have a wonderful um, output that is this this carrot pulp, right? And mm-hmm. you can dry that. You can turn that into a cracker. Um, coffee industry, right? Coffee grinds. There are so many amazing applications for coffee grinds um, that are hitting the market, whether it's a beauty product or it's an actual, you know, consumption. Um, yes, it's really cool. And, and, and it's not just like, you know, a couple of us crunchy folks, chatting away in a, you know, in a, in a chat room, it's, it's, it's really growing. Like Whole Foods has, has, um, labeled upcycling as one of their key pillars of focus. Um, they, they did that two years ago and they continue to grow that category. Uh, Kroger as well. Kroger, um, announced that, you know, their seed funding, um, it's going to have a, a particular focus on upcycled products. And so it's, it's really growing. And again, like toast, most of these upcycled products, are not compromised, right? You, you're enjoying your cereal bar, your pasta, your um, carrot cracker, and you, you know, don't necessarily even have to know that backstory. Well, and I, I find that interesting. I mean, these are things that that um, came up in conversation, you know, decades ago. I mean, I, you know, I th- I think I remember. Um, well, I was a kid then, but I remember. That in the '70s, at least, if not before, there were conversations about stuff like this too. But you know, it it wasn't it wasn't dire. You know, we don't we don't make any changes mm-hmm. until the eleventh hour, and and um, you know, as a species, we we kind of tend to procrastinate on certain things. The the climate is one thing, um, but it's like now we have a lot of scientists who are agreeing and showing us uh, all these numbers, and and they have been for a long time. But for those of us who don't really want to listen to the numbers, now we're seeing that we have a lot more rain in the desert than we used to have. We have a lot more fires where we didn't have fires. We have a lot more earthquakes where there weren't as many earthquakes and storms and whatnot. It's it's finally time to do something. So I love that people are not trying to shame you and say, well, you need to wear a seatbelt and you need to plant a garden and you need to uh, recycle your cans. It's like, no, we, we can take what we normally do and do it in a different way so that everyone wins and everyone is happy, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's cool to look at these the kids these days. Like Gen Z is, you know, they're absolutely guided, first and foremost, by sustainability values. Um, you know, I think the last thing I saw was about 80% of Gen Z has declined meat. They decline meat regularly because of environmental reasons, yeah. um, which is you know, I could tell you like that, you know, that in my age group, that's, you're, you're not seeing certainly as much of that, um, you know, we're maybe more set in our kind of meat and potato ways. And so it's pretty exciting to see these younger generations um, really, you know, investing in, in their future. Yeah. Cause if I were a younger person today, frankly, I'd be a little pissed at just this, the state of, 
of where we are just purely talking about nothing else but uh, the environment. I mean, there's there's a lot of things that would that could boil your blood, but it's you know a lot of that is just based upon belief and and point of view. But I mean, the environment it's it's hard to deny that things are changing, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we can put a pin on that number or not. I mean, it's it's clear that the environment is changing. So. Um, yeah, I think my generation, uh, it's like, you know, we, I was the first one that was kind of, our our generation was like the first ones that kind of had to change because the world was changing and, and, you know, you know, my parents were the baby boomers and, you know, they, they had their struggles. Our struggles were vastly different, but it was, we were the, my generation was the first one to not grow up with a cell phone. Uh, video games Mm. were a new novelty type of thing. Yes, I am a little bit old. But, um, but it's just, we're, there's certain things we take for granted and there's, and there's certain things that we're like, man, why, why didn't you guys take care of this before, before we were left in charge of it? It's, it's a, it's a challenge, but thank God, thank God it all revolves around beer and beer makes things a little bit easier to, to deal with. I agree. Sorry. That was a little bit of a soapbox, but, uh, but you know, that, that's what we're here for. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyone listening, if uh, if their blood starts to boil, like I just described, um, are there ways um, that they can get involved uh, to support some of these environmental causes, particularly by starting by having a beer, um, but to kind of get on board with what you guys are already doing? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I kind of mentioned a couple like little opportunities, just kind of voting with your wallet every day. So, you know, looking for for B Corp labels on products, um, looking for upcycled food um, certification labels on products. Uh, and yeah, there, there are a lot of different ways. I mean, we, so um, our most recent collab was in, uh, we released in Los Angeles last week and all of the profits for that collab go to uh, a really cool group called Food Forward. And all they are are um, volunteer gleaners in Southern California. So, you know, if you live in, I don't know, Pasadena and you've got this like beautiful um, mango t- tree or a few of them, you know, you can reach out to these guys and say, look, I'm not going to harvest these mangoes. Can someone come pick them up? And so, um, yeah, volunteer gleaners just go um, and and uh, collect various produce from around uh, the area and then uh, repurpose that for food and security organizations. Oh, that's great. I didn't, I didn't realize that that existed, but I, I certainly have had, you know, like my horrible attempts at trying to grow carrots in the garden or something like that have gone horribly <laughs> wrong. It's like, well, someone, someone should enjoy these because, <laughs> yeah. you know, so that, that, that's a good thing. Um, um, okay. So let's, uh, let's transition a little, a little bit. Um, we're going to get a little, a little bit philosophical and kind of close out the segment before we kind of get contacts and that sort of stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, but Shannon, if I could turn you into the queen of the beer world for a day, what's the first thing you would change? Uh, ooh, um, queen of the beer world. I don't know if I would change it, but I think, you know, we're in a cultural moment um, where socially we're seeing a lot more female leadership, which has been awesome. I don't know that I would change that. I would just like to maybe like tip a hat to that growing um, movement and, you know, Pink Boots Society is doing awesome stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe that just sort of, you know, uh, you know, it's it, I, having been in this industry for a long time, you know, it, it is, you know, fairly male. And uh, so it is exciting to kind of have, um, you know, the, the stage um, kind of starting to have players coming up that are female and bringing their own voice and their own background and taste and experience to, you know, to a brew. I love it. Um, and, uh, and, um, let's see, I, I was going to, you know, I'll just, I'll go with this metaphor too, just because we're, let, let's do a little uh, environmental shaming uh, here. Um, so mm-hmm. our world is now trash. Um, we, we didn't quite cut the mustard and, uh, and there's no more barley, there's no more hops, there's no more anything. So we all have to get on board, uh, one of the Elon Musk's rockets and head to Mars mm-hmm. and, and start afresh. Um, but 
uh, you have, uh, but tonight you get your um, one last meal and one last beer before we leave. What's it going to be? Oh my gosh. Uh, um, that's so hard to decide, but honestly, hmm. um, I, I'm happy with just a, a nice uh, pale ale, nice, like, you know, caramel, a little bit of a sweet finish. Uh, and if it doesn't matter, then I'm probably gonna have like some grilled meat with that. Yeah. You, you can have whatever you want. There, there, <laughs> yeah, there is no more carbon uh, footprint to worry about. <laughs> we, we could have yeah. it shipped to you from France if you want. Ooh. Um, no, probably just have some nice, like, grilled, you know, grilled sausages outside and raise a toast. <laughs> yep. Um, and lastly, Shannon, uh, with uh, you, you've got a lot of experience in the in the beer world, and and you're uh, focusing on 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 this niche now. But with the summation of your experience, why does good beer matter? Oh, I think good beer matters more than ever before. Um, I think, you know, I I think more and more folks, especially give it coming, you know, coming out of a, of a crazy time where a lot of processes were disrupted. Um, you know, we realize a focus on quality over quantity, I think. And I think a lot of us are looking towards um, you know, these quality things, maybe, you know, we're having less of it, but whether it's, um, you know, a, a good beer that is both absolutely delicious, like, um, you know, would trade, <laughs> would trade your belongings for it. Um, d- tasty as well as just like good as in like, it's doing good things, you know, it's paying its people proper wages and it's looking out for its local community. Um, yeah, I think good good beer is is more important now than ever um, to you know close out really hard hard days um, where we're all kind of navigating new territory. Awesome. Is that a good answer? That's a great know. answer. Well, that's a great <laughs> okay. answer. I mean, every answer is a great answer because it's it's more about just your perspective. Why did why why does it mean so much to you that you are dedicating your career to this thing? I mean, that's. That's a third of your day and another third is your sleeping. So why does it matter so much that you are spending your life working on this thing? And that's so, yeah, it's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, we're, we've got finite resources. Like let's, if you're going to have, you know, that thing, you know, do it right. Don't, don't have a ton of it, but have like the absolute, you know, best thing that you can have within your means and within, you know, an environmentally responsible, um, capacity yeah yeah and and i i try to live by the adage of do it right or do it twice but in this case we may not get a chance to do it twice so it's kind of like you got to do it right the first time absolutely right um so anyone listening how can they uh connect with uh, toastdale with you or any breweries who are like hey i want to do a collab how can they contact you yeah so um i am at shannon at toast ale.com uh please come to me um if you know you want a club you just want to like chat you want to tell me about a you know red beer that you you've been thinking about or you tried yourself um also like just you want to talk about sustainability i think there are a lot of brewers who are like you know working crazy hours i think they would probably argue they're not working a third of their day they're working a lot more than that yeah. and uh you know they want to be more sustainable they just like don't have the time to prioritize it so i'd be happy to have a chat and like see if i can point them in a direction you know whether it's grain bill whether it's packaging or water use or solar or whatever i'm happy to you know be a resource if i can uh and then also for for consumers for home brewers uh, head to our website and uh you know download the brew uh recipe would love to hear how it goes for you please you know share Share your experience on social, on Toastale. We're on all the major platforms. And, uh, yeah. Well, and you, I'm sorry, you brought up a question that I should have asked before, but I didn't think of it until just now. So I know we're trying to wrap up, but uh, for those brewers who are thinking, yeah, this is a great idea, but God, I just don't need another thing to deal with. Is this a difficult switch to then incorporate beer into your new recipes? I'm sorry, Brett. Um, Brett, no, it's not. I mean, and I would love to like, usually when we start talking to collab, I, I'll usually like, 
link them up with someone we've worked with before if they don't already know them. It's a small world. Hmm. Um, and, you know, so many of our brewers are like, I can't believe how, you know, how easy this was. Um, you know, I'm still turning it, throwing it in as an adjunct or whatever. Anyway, so, um, yeah, very easy to do. Um, it's just kind of trusting us that we're going to throw a bunch of bread into your mash tun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, last thing, um, do you have a call to action or uh, any words of wisdom for anyone listening? Um, you know, vote with your wallet. Um, if you care about the earth, there's so many ways you can find, uh, to, uh, to show that, that love. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. And, and I know we mentioned it's hard to find our beer right now. Um, if you're in the UK, um, actually, I'll just give a little plug for um, Hop 26, um, which I guess is not all Americans know, but it's it's a it's a massive climate summit um, starting actually on Halloween, uh, going through November, and we have um, a collab with 25 other breweries, um, all making a pretty um, massive pledge towards um climate uh goals and reducing greenhouse gases uh and so if you're in the uk you can grab uh from this collab this 26 mix pack uh and some of our partners everyone brewing with bread some of our partners include uh guinness uh beaver town uh brew dog uh, and a lot of other beautiful uh regional breweries in the uk so that's available um in the U.S., uh, we just released a, a, a brew, a, a delicious, hazy uh, English IPA uh, in L.A. with McLeod Brewing. They're awesome over in Van Nuys. Um, that might still be on the shelf um, it, when this this podcast runs. But otherwise, I mean, go there either way. You, you can't go wrong popping into to McLeod Brewing. Um, but, yeah, look for us on the shelf um, collabing throughout the year in different areas. And if, or follow our social for our releases. Well, and if I can throw in a little plug, if you can't find the Toast Ale beers, I uh, want you either make one yourself or go to your local brewery and say, hey, you guys, I've got a great idea. <laughs> right? Totally. Totally. And we'll make sure you get some beer for, for the uh, the introduction. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. This whole concept um, is, is just absolutely and endlessly fascinating. And, um, I'm, I'm really anxious to see where this upcycled food world takes us. Um, but, uh, thank you for your part. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for telling us your story. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Jeremy. Absolutely. Sometimes it's good to revisit the old ways, to dust them off a bit and apply them in new ways. It just so happens that the old way of using bread to make beer solves a very specific problem in our time. Best of all, now you can have your bread and drink it too. In the next episode, we start menu planning for the holidays and beyond. And you can bet there will be beer in more than just your glass. Good Beer Matters is a show about great beer, great friends, and the experiences we create together. But it's also about better beer education so you can level up your game. So if you're a beer and food professional or even a beer enthusiast, then please subscribe to Good Beer Matters podcast and go to goodbeermatters.net for more resources and next steps. After that, grab a beer, hang out with friends, and let the world open up. Thank you for listening. Cheers. Cheers.